Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. On Saturday morning, we drive from Auckland down to Waitomo. Me, Mum, Christy, Auntie Robin, Nova, and my baby nephew, Demi. Christy is dressed Demi in a matching turquoise cardigan and beanie. He makes soft gurgling sounds in the back seat. Mum's annoyed at Auntie Robin for making us go the slowest route. Waitomo is located in the area of our iwi, Ngāti Maniapoto. As I'm talking to Mum, she corrects my pronunciation of money a portal because I say the O's the Pākehā way. It makes me feel surprised and stupid. I've never been to Maimarae before, never been to Waitomo, not even as a tourist to the caves. I feel as you can be. When I press too hard into the centre of the wound, I don't like what comes out. We're staying for only one night, in a place we found on Airbnb. We'd chuck our stuff down there and meet at Barbin's house for lunch. When we arrive, it's drizzling, and a ginger cat sits patiently at the front door to be let in, his paws pressing gently into the wooden deck. Barbin appears in the doorway, a vision in her red trackies and khaki raincoat. She greets us with a hi to my and kisses on the cheek. We have never met her before, but she is our blood. You can trace back where our lines intertwine. We call Barbin Auntie. Barbin is a nickname. She doesn't remember how she got it or what it means. We don't ask her what her real name is. Inside, she has laid out a spread of fresh bread and jam, tea and biscuits and corned beef sandwiches. She calls us darling and sweetie and honey. I pour milk into my tea and watch as the colours swirl into one another. She tells us she has lived here her whole life. While the others continue talking, I stay silent and hope no one notices. The cat head-butting me underneath the table, his bright fur sticking to my black tights. We open the gate to a paddock and walk through in our gumboots. A family of turkeys appear and they gobble away from us into the shelter of tortara trees. A group of cows move their way towards us and Barbin stops to greet them, saying, Hello, darlings. One is a sizeable bull with long horns and I feel Nova clutch in my arm to hide herself behind me. Barbin assures us that we are not in any danger. She knows these cows, has been coming to this Urupa since she was small. We walk further up the hill, slopping our gumboots into the mud. She tells us how each time they bury someone here, they have to carry the coffin up this hill and all the way up the stairs. 
When we reach the top of the hill, Auntie moves her hand across the horizon to a shed in the distance with a red roof, showing us the Farno land. She seems proud, the way her shoulders jut out at us, heart lifted to the heavens. Up here, it feels like we are so close to the sky that we could reach up and kiss Ranginui on the cheek. Before we enter, Auntie says a karakia, and the piwakawaka appear as if summoned. They dance so close to us, their movements manic and flitting. Guardians of the urupa. Auntie says that they're a good sign, and it's the ruru that you have to watch out for. If there is a ruru nearby, or if one enters the house, it means that there will be a death in the family. When she sees one, she simply waves it away, saying, Hello, my darling. Please go away from here now. They listen to her and swiftly depart. From here, we can see all around Waitomo. Every hill has a name, but I don't know any of them. It is both rainy and sunny, making the light splinter and spread unevenly across the landscape. I could jump off the edge of a hill and fall into the greenest sea. Auntie walks us around, pulling up weeds as she goes. The graves are marked with blocks of stone, and on one lie unopened cans of woodstocks and vodka cruisers, put there as a memorial. Barbin shows us the graves of her parents, uncles, children, nieces. We feel the grief as it begins to take shape. At first it's indistinct, a blue feeling that sits foaming in the stomach, but it dislodges itself, turning from blue to red and burning. We see it in the lines on Auntie's face. There is nothing we can do but move on. Mum lines us up and takes a photo as we squint into the sunlight. The bones of my tupuna beneath my feet is a funeral that I never attended. We begin to descend the hill, parting overgrown harakeke as we move down the path. There is a sign at the entrance. Toki kapu marai written in cursive letters. I look at myself in the car window, my hair pulled back off my face, distinct lines under my eyes. I didn't get enough sleep last night, and I wish I was my baby nephew as we leave him asleep in the car and head to the Farinui. I expect it to be bustling with activity, but we can't see anyone, though everything is open. We take off our shoes before we enter. The name Tokikapu comes from a site nearby, where Toki, adzes, axes, were shaped and sharpened by being held in the cup, kapu, of the hand, over a sandstone rock where the water flowed. I received this information in a text message from Auntie Robin a week after the trip. I forgot to ask at the time. Sometimes my voice doesn't show itself. I stand in the entrance and take it all in. Upon first glance, it looks like it could be an ordinary room, with grey carpet, a pile of mattresses in one corner, and a couch in another. But then I notice the carving of one of my tūpuna, Uekaha, who has eight stark white teeth with a pink tongue poking out the middle. It's freezing, I say to my sister, as I look at the unplugged heaters sitting off to the side. It's the middle of winter, and my feet are frozen in my socks. It creates a separate kind of discomfort. I fumble around in my pocket for an old tissue to blow my nose with. Nova wanders around the room disinterestedly. 
trying and failing to follow the adult conversations. All day long she's been pulling at our sleeves to express her boredom and is met with our collective irritation. I am overwhelmed with the photos of my whānau that cover the walls, each in a different frame, wooden, metal, plastic, white, black, brown, all of different shapes and sizes. I find some faces I recognise. Hurahia wears a korowai, hei tiki at her chest, and mukukauai worn proudly on her chin. It is an iconic photo in our whānau. It's on an album cover of the band that my nana and her sisters were in. It's my favourite photo. She looks young, beautiful and determined. Wikitoria is standing on a footpath in a crowded street. She wears a wide-brimmed hat, round glasses, a shirt and tie underneath a suit jacket and a long skirt. The expression on her face is one of being caught unaware, her mouth slightly open mid-sentence. She has dark eyes and a long face. Karetai Moana sits in front of a tree, her hair short and dark, with a streak of white through it. She's wearing a black shirt dotted with blue flowers and an orange scarf. She faces the sun, squinting behind her sunglasses, smiling with thin lips. I walk around the room in the presence of these women. I stop in the centre of the Farinui and look upwards, beginning to press down into the wound. I grew up in a Pākehā world. Nobody taught me how to be Māori. I suspect that this is not unusual, but no one talks about it. We are all learning. I want to learn. Here I am, in the body of my ancestor, but I feel distracted by my own doubts. I want to be in the present, so I try to imagine that I am a mountain. I think of Pirongia now, as it looms somewhere in the distance, tucked out of sight. I want to be present and solid like my maunga, strong like my tūpuna wahine, grounded like my whareinui. I am still learning. Where did I get this romanticisation of visiting my marae? I know people that are whakamā about never having been to their marae, and I thought that going to mine would alleviate some of the complicated feelings that I have about being Māori, as if going to my marae would suddenly solve some impossible equation inside of me. Going to the marae for most people is mundane. It's helping out with dishes, making cups of tea. I never got to experience that ordinariness when I was growing up. I never got to feel any type of way about it. It's not that visiting my marae finally validates me as a Māori person. It's not some great spiritual experience. It can't undo a lifetime of disconnection. But it's a step towards understanding, towards becoming. Outside, my sister insists on taking a photo of me, telling me that I have to smile. But when I look at the image, my face is contorted into a scowl. I am decked out in black. Black raincoat, black trousers, black rain boots, with a light yellow mock neck jumper. I don't know who that girl on the screen is. I have never known. Mum leans over the screen and says that we should take one of us together. In this one, I manage a goofy, self conscious grin. Mum is smiling with teeth, her arm around my shoulders. She's wearing a zipped up blue puffer jacket, thin floral scarf, dark trousers, and small gold hoops in her ears. 
It slowly starts to rain, but we are sheltered. Auntie says the rain means a clearing of the negative energy, a washing away. The Atua are smiling on us. I ask Auntie about the carvings in front of the Farinui. She explains that at the top of the Amor are our ancestors, male and female, and beneath are their descendants, we who are the children in the womb. She looks over to me and says, in her small silvery voice, Those are your tūpuna, honey. Some of the relatives appear as we pass through the farikai. We are greeted with warmth and intimacy, each of us receiving a kiss on the cheek. Auntie says that our great-grandfather built this farikai, and it's due for an upgrade. She shows us plans for the proposed renovations, and I trace my finger over the outlines. We walk back to the car and stand silently for a moment. The moon has appeared, though not quite full, amidst the dimming sky. Auntie says that whenever the moon rises, a new day has begun. We return to our breath. There are no sounds except the piwakawaka as they period through the air, as if to say, haerera. The next morning, we stop for lunch in Ōtorohanga. We pass over Waipa River as we drive into town. Our awa is not very wide, a tributary, sediment turning it into a copper-brown colour. But it is ours. It winds away from us, out of sight. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.